Good morning, glad tidings. God is good. God is good. Let's just open up in prayer. Thanks, Tim. Hey, by the way, the ministries in this church are full of the love of God. From the children's ministry, I mean, we came here two months ago and we were just blown away by the love of God in the children's ministry. We have kids, so that's the first place we go. We go to the children's ministry, and man, those people just were full of the love of God. They were serving our family, and we just felt at home. We felt at peace through that ministry. So they, they have an awesome thing in the children's ministry. Revival's gonna break out soon. The kids are gonna start prophesying and praying. Amen. And the, and the youth group, man, the soiree, my wife and I are going on 10 years, it'll be 10 years this year, and we felt like we were at our, our wedding again. It was awesome. So praise God. Good job, youth leaders. Keep it up. And you have awesome pastors. Your staff here, your pastors. I just tell you, they're committed to God first. They love the Lord with their hearts, all their hearts. They're committed to preaching the word, they're committed to prayer, and they love you outrageously. They give of themselves because they love you and they love God. Praise God for that. Let's open in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We bless you. You alone are king. You're worthy of all our praise. We thank you for first loving us and giving us your spirit that we can love you back, Lord. It's a privilege to love you. It's an honor to love each other. And we thank you, Lord God. We just pray right now you'd, an, you'd anoint my lips, my mind, my heart, to communicate you and your word in the way that you would have me so that you would be glorified. Bless your people. Bless the children's church. Bless the youth. Bless all the ministries going on right now. Anoint the leaders and the teachers. Open the hearts of every man, woman, and child in this place to receive more of you, to encounter you, Jesus, to know you, Holy Ghost, and to bring glory to you, Father. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Rennie, Pastor Paulette, they've been preaching about getting back to basics, making prayer our first priority. It's so important. Prayer is communication with God. It has to be our first priority. Making sure that the word of God is, is it's who we are. It's our breath. It's our, it's our breakfast. It's our lunch. It's our dinner. We just need to feed on the word of God continually. It changes our mind, it changes our heart, it equips us to know God and to serve each other. And the next point is, is living sacrificially so that we can give generously. And not just of our money, but of our time. I think time is even more valuable than money. We have time, and we can give our time and our resources. And then today I'm going to be talking about uh, learning how to be the body as one unit in Christ so that we can learn how to love and engage community. Engaging our community. Everyone say, we are the body of Christ. And who's the head of that body? That's right, Christ. But we are the body of Christ. We need an ear. We need some ears in the house. We need a nose, we need a mouth, we need some fingers, some arms, we need some legs, right? 
It's a healthy body. We are the body of Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to get right into the word. The word of God, the word of God is our is our source where we can know God. It's how we know God, through his word. And he teaches us through his word. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would it would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts of the body, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care, So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. And if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. One body with many parts. Praise God for his word. How many of you today are part of the body of Christ? Part of the body of Christ. It's awesome to be a part of this body. There's nothing better than being part of this body. And knowing this one head, Jesus Christ, who saved us. Listen, if you're not a part of the body of Christ, if you're not a part of the family of God, you can look to the head. You can look to Jesus. You can look to his word. You can see, I mean, today, man, oh, man, today was good. From the song to the word, God was speaking to our hearts. As you were worshiping, he was ministering to you. Then the word came. Man, that that word that was spoken today, man, God spoke to that word to my heart over the past year in Israel when I was going through some of the toughest, one of the hardest seasons of my life. One scripture verse God pulled out and just hit me with it. You could have, you could have picked up any, any single verse and God, and God spoke to my heart. Man, God's speaking to all of us right now. 
because we're a part of his body. We're a part of his family. He loves us. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, man, I will tell you there's no one better on earth or in heaven than Jesus Christ. I mean, what Jesus has done for the world, for the entire world, is, man, he's, he's done it all. And he's the best. He's the greatest. I know most of you know it, but some people just don't know. I can't, I can't just assume that maybe everyone's heard the gospel because the truth of the fact is that not everyone in the world has heard this good news. It's good news, but not everyone has heard it. If it doesn't hit them, it's not good news. It's only good news when the mouth opens its mouth and says, do you know my Jesus who died for my sins to save me from myself in the world and from sin and from hell and from the grave and from it all? But when the mouth proclaims Jesus Christ and gives God all the glory and Christ is made known, people are drawn by the Holy Spirit and come to know this God, this Father who loves us, who's called us, who saved us. Man, he's everything for us, right? Man, isn't he everything? Everything to us. And that's the journey. The journey is, is knowing Jesus, knowing who he is, knowing his, his word inside and out, spending time in this every single day so we can get to know this Jesus. Man, he's, he's so good. I want to share a little bit today, um, practically just talking about how when we are people of prayer and we're people of the word and we're people that are living sacrificially and giving generously, and we're engaging community, how Jesus Christ is glorified and lifted high. And, and everything on earth, folks, everything on earth is for the glory of God alone. There is no other purpose or destiny or fulfillment of anything on earth but the glory of God. Everything on earth is for the glory of God. You breathe for the glory of God. You love your wife, you love your kids for the glory of God. You go to work, you serve for the glory of God. And as you know this God, and you get deep into his word, and his spirit begins to set you ablaze, you realize that every breath of your life should be for the glory of God. It's for God's glory that we exist, folks. It's for, it's for his praise in my lungs, in on my lips. When you open your mouth, you praise God with it. You bless and not curse. You give grace to the world. You speak truth in love. You, you help a brother or sister up in need. Brings glory to God. That's what we're alive for, folks. I want to share a, a testimony. There's, uh, there's some folks at my home church in Rhode Island. Um, Mark and Kim Butler. Mark and Kim are in the very back in the, in the blue shirt. Little testimony. There's this old lady, right? She believed in prayer. She believed in prayer. She began to pray for this dude in the Hells Angels. Bad dude. All tats. He looks black because he has so many tats on him. If you see, if you, you can't see his arms, but he looks black because he's just covered in tats. From his neck down, he's got tattoos on him. He was in this gang, a rough gang, the Hells Angels doing bad stuff. But this little old lady who believed in the power of prayer and believed in God, guess what she did? Oh, Heavenly Father, save Mark Butler. Guess what happened? When people pray, folks, man, Saturday's prayer meeting, fire. If you need answers to prayer, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock in the upper room, God is moving mightily. 
You need healing? Begin to seek God and begin to pray. God will touch you. God's our healer. So, so that lady prayed. And that guy, Mark, part of the Hell's Angel, he came to Christ. Well, God began to transform his life. This guy went from being a bad dude to a soft dude. He went from hurting people to loving and praying for people. And God began to transform his mind and his heart so much through the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Where he got married, if you can believe it. And God called him to Africa. This was about 20 years ago. I was just a little kid. And uh, I just remember as a little kid coming into the church, looking up at our missions board, and seeing Mark and Kim and Life Village Orphanage in, uh, in Liberia and just saying, wow, this is, this is amazing that this man loves God so much that he's willing to go and sacrifice. But that's not the man. It's, it's the spirit inside the man. It's, it's Christ. It's Christ being glorified. And so this man goes off to Liberia. And civil wars broken out, and, and lots, of, lots of parents to these children end up dying. A lot of these kids have hepatitis B. They started dying. Civil war rose up again. They had to flee to uh, Ivory Coast, ran the border of Liberia. And eventually, they, they started losing kids very rapidly. Lots of kids started dying of hepatitis B. My good friend Alex Menden, he's in the second row back in the, the black shirt. Uh, he's got a big old smile next to the girl in the yellow. Alex Menden is my brother. I love him so much. God rescued him. God had his hand on him specifically. You know, I don't, I don't understand the plan of God. We, his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But God's plan is perfect and it is good all the time. And if we look and if we pay attention and if we make the choice, as God is speaking to your heart right now, you just make one choice in your life. Keep an open heart every breath to God. Keep an open heart every breath, every day, every minute, every second to God. I guarantee you, I promise you, because he's promised me, he will not disappoint you. He will never let you down. He will never fail you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You will never be lacking any good thing if you, if you commit your heart and life to God. Man, he will keep it. There's nothing better than, than being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father God and the Holy Spirit, three in one. So God ends up telling Mark and Kim, it's time to get out of Liberia. And their hearts broke because they had to leave all their kids. These are their kids. They had some house parents. This was one big family. They, we, this, the story is just powerful how God works. God takes care of his children. Even when mother and father forsake, the Bible says that God is, is my father forevermore. These kids are an orphan. God's taking care of them. And when they need a real mom and dad to step in the gap and give them a hug, guess what God does? He moves in someone's heart and says, go be their mom and dad. Red, yellow, black, and white, doesn't matter. God's not about color or race or, 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 or nationality or ethnicity. God's about people who have open hearts to him. He loves them all. And he'll fill each and every one of us with the same amount of his power, his spirit, his purpose. And so Mark and Kim, they had to leave. They had to get out of Liberia. And they brought Alex to America. Another amazing story. It hits the news. It's all on the newspapers. It's on the news. People want to do stories about this, this couple. And they're just glorifying Jesus, glorifying God. Well, Alex needs 
He has hepatitis B and he's, he's dying. He needs, a, he needs a liver transplant, right? Or he's going to die. We're praying, we're believing God for healing. This is the road God's choosing to use. Because in the end, God's going to get glory. And so this guy, Alex, man, long story, God saves his life. Salvation, but he saves his life. See, at the last minute, Man, he's, and he was in rough shape. Man, I was seeing him. My wife and I were visiting him every day. We wanted to give, I wanted to give my liver to him. Something happened. It just didn't work out. The last minute, the doctor calls me and says, you can't donate your liver. If you do, you have a little artery. It's not going to clot, and you'll die. You can't give your liver. I had the same blood type as him. I was willing to do it, but it just didn't work out. God had other plans because God wanted to glorify his name. And so this boy, Alex, who gets saved... And God saves his life physically. Out of all these kids, God brings him here. He, Alex lost four brothers and sisters. He's got eight. He lost four. God brings Alex here, and guess what happens? Alex starts attending our youth group. Yeah, youth group. We were preaching the word, and we were just loving on our youth. And Alex invites this guy, Jose, to youth group. And I'm just, what I'm trying to communicate here is God's glory is the priority of our lives. And when we come in to know God and come into the family of God and the body of Christ and we walk with God, God does some amazing things. But prayer has to be priority one. We have to talk to God without ceasing. Because I need him every breath, every, every, every breath, every word, every action. I need God's help. Apart from him, the Bible says we can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. I'm just encouraging you today because God's getting ready to break out in this place. Man, these, these seats are going to be filled. The balcony is going to be filled. The ministries are going to be filled because God is going to be working. He's going to be drawing people to himself. And we're all going to be, all of us in the body, how many people are in the body? Man, guess what? Vacation is going to be over. And if you're already serving, guess what? Overburn. It's time. The Holy Spirit burn, though. We're not going to burn out. We're going to burn for him, and he's going to power us. So this boy, Alex, comes home from Liberia, invites this one guy, Jose, to youth group. Jose's family is lost. They're Puerto Rican. They're far from Christ. No one in their family is saved. Jose comes to Christ, age 14. I'm in the youth group. I'm a youth leader. And I get to see this process. God sets this guy, Jose, on fire. He's the running back of his high school. We're, we're doing discipleship. He becomes the, the worship leader. Like, like Tim, he's up there worshiping God, leading people in the presence of God. 14 years old, no hope. But God sends a mission. An old lady starts praying. An old lady starts praying. And nothing, an old lady, a young, a young lady, it doesn't matter. Again, nothing matters. We just need to touch heaven. We need to grab a hold of God and say, God, I'm not letting go until you save my prodigal son. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Amen? How many of you know someone that needs salvation? Ooh. Don't let go. Keep that hand up. Don't let go. Don't let go. And I'll tell you, the longer you hold on and the longer you talk to God about that, you get vicious, you get violent, you get a little rowdy, guess what? God's at work. Amen? We're believing, Lord, we believe right now for those salvations in Jesus' name. Amen.
Because God knows the hearts and God knows their names. So we just agree and it's done. God says it. Two on earth touching anything, agreeing, and they have their request. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Mark and Kim come back home. Little old lady praying. Mark gets saved, goes to Africa, brings home Alex. Alex invites Jose. Jose starts leading worship. He starts a Bible school, a Bible, a Bible club at his, at his public high school. And he invites me there one day with Pastor John, and we go in, and it's like 40 kids, 50 kids, around pizza, talking about Jesus, opening the Bible up. This school never had a Bible, a Bible club. This, this school never had a witness. Someone opened in their mouths, a public witness to this degree anyway, that we know of. God's always at work. And from that, guess what happens? God ends up birth, birthing a, a football ministry. This guy loves football. So then he starts playing football. So now he's got a Bible study club at his high school. Now he's, he's, he's calling the East Greenwich Football Club. He's calling the Cranston West, the, the Providence team. And he's getting all these guys down in East Greenwich on this pitch on Saturday. And he's like, let's just, let's, just pray. let's just pray and then let's play football. And all these big dudes come on out. And one day he invites me to come play, me and Pastor John. The first, the first game, it went really good. Pastor John was QB. He's tall. Second game, he's like, I'm not playing. He's like, these guys, <laughs> I won't be preaching tomorrow if I keep playing football. And I was just like, I got to keep playing because I want to win people for Jesus. <laughs> and so we start playing, and, and one of the guys who was, a line, he was on the line, his name is Kenny. And, man, he had such a soft heart. He was mush. And I was like, Jose, I was like, have you invited Kenny to church yet? And he's like, I should. That's a great idea. So he invites this guy, Kenny, to the church, and guess what happens to Kenny? Kenny gets radically saved. His mom's a Jehovah Witness. He comes from a Native American background. He gets radically saved. Kenny begins to evangelize social media. Everywhere he goes, he's just unashamed, kind of obnoxious at first, to be honest. But I'm like, it's okay. You're a little baby. You love Jesus. I'm, I'm cool with that. God will help you. It's awesome to see the fire burning in folks. And, and then finally, he gets married. He shares the gospel with his future family. They all get radically saved. And we baptized them two years ago. The whole family. Whole family. <laughs> Praise God, right? Praise God. Last piece of that puzzle is that his wife, Kenny's wife, and, his, and her sister... Their mom was murdered like 14 years ago. It's a cold case. They never found out the murderer. Channel 12 wants to do this big news story on her. They're pulling up old cold cases, and they're, they're featuring all these cold cases to try to see if anyone will come out and say, oh, I have, I have a lead. I know the person. Someone told me they're trying to figure some, some of these cold cases out. And so the six of diamonds is, 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 is Kenny's wife's mom. And so they, they bring Brandon the brother, and Delena and Kylina, and they do a story, and they feature her. It's on Channel 12 News. And these, this family is now radically saved. I mean, I mean, she gives her testimony. I used to be in prostitution on Channel 12 News. I used to be in prostitution. I used to be uh, angry and upset. And, and all the kids just say, we forgive the killer. We don't know who you are, but we feel bad for you because you're carrying around a weight that Jesus needs to lift. They begin to preach on 12, Channel 12 News and forgive the murder of their mom 
I mean, God destroyed this family. If you, if you knew the story, God just, I mean, the enemy destroyed the family. But praise God what the enemy means for evil, God works together for good. And sometimes in the darkest, in the worst stories, man, get the brightest and biggest light. And God ends up putting this, this family who's now radically saved on stage, and they're proclaiming the goodness of God. This happened this year. 20 years ago, an old lady started to pray. Folks started to pray. Jimmy, let's go a little more. That's just, that's just an awesome picture. I thought this was beautiful. That's the border of Liberia and Ivory Coast. Kim is taking them to school, back to Liberia. They're in Ivory Coast. They're crossing the border bridge to go to school. I thought that was so precious. You know why? That, that's the generation that's going to seek and serve the Lord. That's the generation behind us that's going to carry the torch. Children's ministry, youth ministry is so important. And the enemy's trying to snuff it out in school. But God is working to raise up a generation of laborers that will minister to these young ones so that they can take the torch far further than we could in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jimmy, let's go to the next slide. We are the body of Christ. Let's go one more. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I forgot to set my timer. Uh-oh. How are we doing? This is a Holy Ghost sermon. You should see when I get fired up. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says that God is an all-consuming fire. Let me just say one thing. If you are part of the body, in the book of Judges, it talks about the Israelites and how they had high places still remaining. They had high places still remaining. They destroyed the ashram, they destroyed the Baals, they, 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 they sought the Lord, but the, the Bible says that there was still a high place that still remained, and, and it doesn't really go into explaining what that high place was, but we know from the fall of Satan that the high places are usually an area of pride, right? An area of pride. God abhors pride, he hates pride, but he exalts the, the humble. And so I, what I want to say to you is, is God is about holy work. Which means this, God will not stop. He's jealous. God is a jealous God. He's an all-consuming fire. If you take those two together, God wants to consume you with his jealous love because he loves you. And he wants to perfect you in love so that you can love the person that hates you, that curses you, and spits at you. And you can love them so much that in your free time, when you can do whatever you want, guess what you do? You go in your closet, you close the door, and you say, God, until Mark Butler comes to Jesus, I'm not letting go. The love of God is so powerful, folks. And I want to encourage you, if there's any area in your life that you have closed the door, that you've locked the door, Jesus, you can have it all, but just not this. Just not this, Jesus. You can't have this. It's too painful, Jesus. Jesus is saying this. I'll tell you right now. Jesus is saying, I endured the cross to set you free. I endured your death your crucifixion, I endured their cursing, I, en I endured it all so you could be free. And not free, but free indeed. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
And I will tell you this, that if you present your body as a living sacrifice, and you say, God, you're an all-consuming fire, a dangerous prayer. You want to pray a dangerous prayer? God wants us to pray dangerous prayers. God wants us to be unashamed and not afraid to talk to him about everything and anything and say, God, you have all your way in all of my life. And you consume me, God, so that all the world sees, when they look at me, they see Jesus. Folks, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what's happened in your life. You let Jesus into that area of your heart, he will heal it. You've been abused, Jesus will heal it. We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. The name of God is Jesus is our healer. He wants to heal that. And not just heal that, but make it holy so that he can make his habitation there. He can dwell there. Because when Jesus is there, nothing else can stay. That pain, that fear, that has to go because Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Ephesians chapter 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. You see that key word right there? Equip. Pastor Rennie, the pastors, the teachers, the prophets, the evangelists, guess what? They're not called to do all the work. Like Moses, he couldn't sit in the congregation and just be the judge all day long. Jethro told him, you will burn out. You will burn out. You can't take on responsibility that's not yours to carry. God said these people are for this purpose, to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. God has promised, that's a promise, God has promised that he will do that work in you. Will you open up all the way to Jesus is the question. Are you willing to open up your heart all the way to Jesus? And I'll tell you, if your answer is yes, Jesus will do his work. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Pretty good? Perfectly. Does Jesus do things halfway? Man, he started with Mark. And he saved Kenny. The family's testifying. You think God's done with that story? That's all that I can see. How many people have been infected with the gospel, the good news? Man, that story is going to be so much bigger than those people because, again, it's for God's glory. He makes the whole body, verse 16, fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Folks, you each have a very special work. 
I can't do your work. I cannot do it. I can't. But Christ through you can accomplish that work. You were called for a very specific purpose at a very specific time in this place. And as you say yes to Jesus and Jesus consumes you with his Holy Spirit, he is going to heal you. He's going to raise you up. He's going to equip you. He's going to perfectly fit you into this body so that as you are part of the body here at GTC and around the world, wherever you go, Jesus Christ will be glorified. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And that's the key part. We right now, especially here, this is what I see. You are a healthy body and you are growing. God wants to fill you with his perfect love. Not to say that the love of God is here. We, we, when we came in the doors, we felt and sensed and had a confirmation that God's love was in this place. God's spirit was here. Because you have opened your hearts to Jesus. But God wants to perfect his work. And he wants to fill you with that perfect love. We are one body with many parts. And Jesus Christ is the head. Jimmy, could you go to that last one? This is a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. And all of us on his mind. And then his heart burst that day. And people say, scientists say that Jesus died from a broken heart. His heart just exploded. He loved the world so much. That's just my, that's just my, that's just my thought on it. That's what some people have said. But I really think Jesus loved the, the world so much. I mean, he cried over Jerusalem before he went to the cross. We saw the things he did and said, man, he loves us so much. He wants us so badly to come together in this perfect love, into unity as the body of Jesus Christ so that we can go out to Germantown and invite them all to Jesus. We can go there. We can serve them with bags of food. We can offer up our vehicles to drive them to church. We can invite them to our small groups on Wednesday. We can escort people to our prayer gatherings on Saturday. We can begin to put a prayer board up with names and requests and as God heals us, we'll have testimony boards of look what God has done. Hallelujah. Tim, you can come, come on up. So just to, as we close, I really want to encourage you. Don't give up on God in prayer. He hasn't given up on you. He will never give up on you. One could put a thousand. Two, ten thousand. Man, what's, what's going on on our Saturday prayer, more, uh, prayer meeting? Man, there's like 10, 15 people there. There's some damage happening. The kingdom of God's at hand. It suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Man, we're taking the kingdom back. Enemies come to rob, kill, and destroy, and we have lots of those stories in this place. But I'm telling you, God's about to do a new thing. Those things, those areas that God has allowed the enemy to rob, kill, and destroy. God is working everything together for good because he wants to be glorified in your life. And if you will simply say yes to Jesus Christ today, not just your life, but all of your life, to the very last breath, and he, know, he, he knows when that's going to be. The work he's begun, he will complete it, and he will do it perfectly. He will perfect you in that love. He will empower you for that job. He will equip you to serve your family. 
He loves you. He's called you by name. You are his. He started this work. He's going to finish it. We can't give up on God in prayer. It has to be the lifeblood of this church. It has to be the lifeblood of the body of Christ. God, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. But God, you can do everything. God, have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, my mind's not right. I get in the word of God and I renew my mind. God, I need to know you more. I need you to change my heart and change my mind so I can forgive and love. And give me the strength not to give up in prayer. And Lord, teach me. We have this financial, financial peace class. Listen, if you need that class and you don't have the money, come see me. Come see one of our staff members. It's an equipping. It's going to equip you on how to manage your finances so that you can take care of your expenses and you can have money left over that you can give to missionaries like Mark and Kim. Man, the body of, body of Christ the past year has given extraordinarily to the work in Israel. We are so blessed. Even now, I just want to say thank you. You have let us live in your parsonage for $1,000 a month. That is amazing. We are so grateful to the body of Christ. It's because the body of Christ is giving sacrificially. We needed a place to go. We sold our home. We got rid of our car. We had nothing. We took 12 bags with us. We came, we came home. We had nowhere. We didn't know where we were going to go. And Glad Tidings opens the door and says, here, here's a place. And we begin to seek the Lord God. What do you have for us next in this new season? And God's saying, well, come settle in the Glad Tidings. Come begin to get involved and see what I'm doing. As you begin to pray, as you begin to get in the word, as you begin to live sacrificially, you cut those things you don't need. And you begin to live generously and give to the kingdom. I, I guarantee you this. You cannot outgive God. I'm on a mission to try, but I can't. Every time I give God, he gives me. I give 100 bucks out of sacrifice. I give it. I just, I'm not boasting. I just want to tell you what God does. You give to God, God gives it right back. God, give it, give it back the next week. God, God, you cannot outgive God in God's economy. The, 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 the cattle on a thousand hills are his. Folks, cha challenge you to trust God with your finances. You give God you give to God. You give to God's kingdom, God's work, God's mission. Oh, you will never lack. I'll tell you. My mom taught me this when she was on food stamps at the age of six. You have a dollar, you give 10 cents. You go to the bank, you get 10 cents, you give it to the offering. I was six years old. I've never stopped tithing. I have never lacked ever in my life. You can ask my wife. When it seemed hopeless, like we had nothing, and there was no way out of this situation, God would do a financial miracle for my dad. And my dad would say, hey, do you need something right now? And I would just start crying because only my father in heaven knew. By the way, my dad's here. I started praying for my dad. Yes. Oh, I, I am so grateful to God for my dad. I started praying for him when I was six. My parents had a, a divorce. And we weren't at church together on Sundays. You know, when I look at, at Sam and Rosalind, I see them here with their kids. Richard and Liz, when I see them here with their kids worshiping God, it's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. I didn't have that growing up. But you know what? I had a mom that prayed. She taught me how to pray. She taught me how to give. She taught me how to give my life to the Lord and trust it to him. He's a good father. And as I began to pray for my dad, man, my dad called me up when I was in Israel. He says, when you get home, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. God, folks, God, God's at work. 
My dad was diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of last year. Two doctors told him he had, he had, he had uh, maybe prostate cancer. My dad went to church one day. Got prayed for by the pastor. He said he felt the fire of God go through him. Bleeding stopped. Went to go get a check. No cancer. All glory to God. All glory, all honor, all power, all praise to you, God. Lord, we don't want to take any of it. We don't want to touch the gold nor the glory. We want the world to know you, Jesus. That's what you want, Lord, and we want what you want. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done. Lord, we pray that you'd unite us in your love. You'd heal us from the past. You'd perfect us in Christ, and you'd fit us together to be your body so that wherever we go, the world will take note that we have been with Jesus. The world will take note that we are the body, and Jesus Christ is the head. Lord, I just pray that you'd bring in every nation, every tribe, every tongue into this place, that this would be a representation of heaven on earth that people would take note that you are at work. No matter color, no matter creed, no matter, no matter nationality, no na economic class, rich, poor, white, black, Asian, Indian, doesn't matter, God. I would just pray that you would bring your people here to unite with you to be the body so that when the world sees us worshiping you, serving community, they see Jesus. And we would open our mouths and we proclaim your goodness into your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, I wanted to do one last thing. And I pray that this is etched in your mind. I, I believe this is of God. Sam Rosa, come on up. I, I want you to hold my hand. We're just going to practice. We're going to practice what we're going to preach. We're going to practice loving each other. We're going to practice preparing our hearts to love each other. I want people to come up and grab a hand. Rose is going to come out this way. Just someone come up and grab a hand. Because when, when we reach with one, keep going. We need more hands. We're going to go all the way out this church. Yeah, this is a great meeting place, folks, I'll tell you. But the lost people, guess where they're at? They're outside of these doors. But when we lock hands, let's go out, let's keep going. Everyone just lock on hands. We're going to go right out the doors of this church into the streets. And we're going to tell the world that Jesus reigns. We're just practicing. We don't have to do it now. It's cold outside. <laughs> but this is what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to lock hands, to serve in the children's ministry, to be a part of the youth group, to be at Saturday morning prayers, to be at worship and be at the preaching of the word of God, to begin to, to ask God for big dreams, that as the Lord gives you a ministry, 
You take it to your leadership and you say, guess what? I have a ministry to the homeless that God's birthing in me. I have, I have a dance ministry. I want to teach people how to dance and be free. I want to use my gifts to equip people and see them set free. Amen. Yeah, we can reach. Let's lock, let's lock up. And then maybe let's lock hands. And, and Tim, you lead us. And we'll just close. We'll, close. we'll close in this way. I know this isn't normal. But listen, listen. We don't serve a normal God, folks. Our God is supernatural. And he wants to go far beyond, like the word said today. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. Church isn't going to look like it, it has always looked. It's going to be different. It's going to be new ministries. It's going to look much different. But I'll guarantee you, this one thing will remain. The love of Christ will mark us. And it will, will not matter. The time of day, the place, the love of God is going to win souls for Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit.